Welcome everybody back to the show. My name is Jose Mata. Picture a situation with a coworker, your partner, your supervisor, or a direct report. You're having a conversation with them and collaborating together to reach a solution for a problem you have. Both of you come up with ideas and you validate them with each other. You identify the pros and cons for them, and you weigh in on their feasibility and their potential value. In the end, you come up with a decision together, one that you both appreciate and are motivated to follow through. I'm almost certain that you had moments like these. How does it feel to go through them? What emotions can you recall? And most importantly, for my point. What was the tone of the conversation? What kind of words were used, and how did they make you feel? Good leaders validate their team's ideas. Great leaders, however, truly and gratefully appreciate and incorporate those ideas. The same way coaches fully empower their clients and trust their talents, thoughts, feelings, and insights. I find that careful language and posture is very powerful in making the difference between the other person feeling indifferent or encouraged. Using powerful words and avoiding poison words make that difference. In fact, a single word can shift the entire mood, for better or worse. Let's start by understanding the concept of poison words. They're called that way because they effectively poison the interaction and make the person who's hearing them less comfortable. Now that you know what they are, you probably are starting to look for instances in your life where you've heard these strong words and the impact they cause you and your relationships. These special words also hinder you the more you use them, as you grow conscious of them. In fact, I'm setting a goal to focus on utilizing more positive language myself in my podcast, and providing you more inspiring content. How's that for affirmation? Now, what kind of words am I talking about here? Let's consider this example where Sean, a supervisor, and Dave, their direct report. They are discussing a task that is to be completed. Imagine a conversation going like this. Hi, Dave. Can you give me an update on the project you're working on? Yes, I've been working on the design, and I have an idea to improve it. Okay, what's your idea? I think we should use a new software that will make the process more efficient and accurate. I appreciate your suggestion, but I prefer we stick with the current software. But Sean, the new software will significantly improve the accuracy and speed of the project. I understand, but I want to keep it the way it is. Please proceed with the current software. All right, I will proceed as instructed. Before we examine this, let me be clear: the whole conversation is not terrible, and yet it has good evidence for improvement. I'm not defending either of them in the context of the actual conversation. It is generally a supervisor's job to guide their direct reports in the right direction, taking in any feedback and making decisions. With that said, let's start. 
Both Dave and Sean use poison words that indicate an outcome that's subpar. First, notice how Sean says, "I understand, but I." The word "but" is dismissive of Dave's initiative on principle. Sean could have been thoroughly appreciative of Dave's ideas, and yet it would have been as fruitless. All Dave hears is. Sean does not value my ideas. To further insist on this idea, Sean says, "I want to keep it the way it is." Not only is the idea dismissed, it denotes a self-centered posture, devoid of any substantial rationale that could lead Dave to better understand and accept the rejection. Dave also uses poison words of his own by saying. We should use a new software. The use of "should" or "must" is restricting of people. It puts them in a tight spot, like they have no choice but to comply. Say those words to yourself: "Must," "should," "tight," "comply." Such strong language, don't you think? In the end, you'll appreciate that Dave is not too happy about the result of that interaction. Now let's picture an example where the use of powerful words kicks in, and switches the mood completely. Hi, Dave. Can you give me an update on the project you're working on? Yes, I've been working on the design, and I have an idea to improve it. That's great to hear. What's your idea? I think we should use a new software that will make the process more efficient. That sounds promising. However, I am concerned about the cost of the new software. What other ideas do you think could achieve similar results? Actually, I've been doing some research and found two options. The first is to use a similar software that's more affordable and has similar features. The second option is to hire a temporary contractor who has experience with this software and can help us to complete the design faster. I appreciate your research and proactive attitude, Dave. Please put together a plan for both options and present them to me so we can make an informed decision. Absolutely, I'll work on that and have it ready for you as soon as possible. Great job! Your willingness to think creatively and find solutions is truly valuable to our team. What a difference it makes, doesn't it? Let's take a look at some of the powerful words in this example. First, notice how Sean is much more appreciative of Dave's ideas when he says, "Great to hear." Two powerful words that validate the initiative through the senses directly. Also, open questions are expansive and invite further, more precise exploration. Second. Sean acknowledges Dave's idea and affirming its potential when he says, "That sounds promising." Again, evoking the auditorial senses. Now, here's the tricky part I'm calling out. Sean is still Dave's supervisor, and he has every right to challenge ideas if he understands they strongly impact the ultimate outcome. With that said, Sean openly asks for options that. Achieve another powerful word, results. Dave responds accordingly by providing those options, clarifying the return on each of them. Lastly, Sean continues to reinforce the appreciation for Dave's work 
and further evokes awareness to the positive impact on the decision being made in the future. Notice how Dave immediately enumerates action steps. In the end, Sean affirms Dave's sense of creativity that yields results to the team and company. Using powerful words have an immensely positive impact, borderline transformative. It will mean the difference between making a person feel apprehensive and demotivated to excited, confident, and motivated. Open questions that entrust the other person are key to solid relationships based on trust and psychological safety. What are you doing as of today that will empower your conversations moving forward? Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. Remember, visit josemoda.net slash podcast for more episodes. If you're looking for an ethical coaching engagement with me, visit josemoda.net slash coaching and book a free call today. Talk to you soon.